Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. I want you to know that, that this was one of the most difficult messages that I've ever prepared. Why? Because I wanted to share with you every major lesson that I'd learned in the past 24 years. I mean, in, the, in a quarter of a century, so that you wouldn't have to make the same mistakes that I've made. And then I was told that my preaching time was halved. And I was like, what? I'd done a list of like the hundred lessons that I had learned. And I knew that there was no ways I could do that. And so there was, it was impossible to summarize that in one message. So I decided to take just one of them, the most important ones, and just share that with you. And that was, I decided, how does God increase our faith? And so if you're ready for the word today, just say with me, my heart's open, my mind's ready, I won't be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one day the disciples were walking with Jesus and they said in Luke 17 verse 5, Lord, increase our faith. Why did they pray? Increase our faith. Because in Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that is a prayer God always answers. He does not respond to my complaints, my worries, or to my bitterness, whatever. But he moves heaven and earth when I trust him. He always responds to faith. And not only that, faith is the door to everything God wants to do in our lives. And in Matthew 9, 29, Jesus says, according to your faith, will it be done to you? According to your faith. God is saying, you get to choose how much I bless your life. It's according to your faith. It's according to your faith that I will do it. You put a little faith in, and, and God says you get a little result. You put a lot of faith in, and, and you trust God, you get a lot of results. You put great faith in God, and you get great results. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Now, Colossians 2.7 says this, Let your roots grow down into him, and draw up nourishment, so that you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous. For the last 24 years, that has been our goal as your pastors. Jan and I, our goal has been that you will grow in faith and that your faith will be strong and vigorous, not wimpy, weak and insipid that just burns up, you know, whenever the heat gets stronger. And and no, no, we don't want that for you. We want you to be strong. We want you to have vigorous faith. And you may ask, how does God do that? God increases our faith, I believe, two ways. Number one, through knowing God's word, through knowing his word. That's actually the easy way. It's God's favorite way. He wants us to read and listen and study and memorize and talk the Bible. Why? Because Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes from hearing God's message. And God's message is heard through the words of Christ. So I increase my faith every time I read his book. If your faith is weak, it means that you have not been in his book very often. You haven't been feeding your soul. And for some of you, you have been fasting for far too long. And your faith is now weak. But even if you study the Bible two hours a day, 
That still leaves 22 hours a day of not reading it. And during that time, God uses the second way to grow our faith. And that is through circumstances that test us. We don't like this one. Through circumstances that test us. James 1.3 says this, When your faith is tested, your character has a chance to grow. And faith is like a muscle. The only way you grow a muscle is by stretching it, by testing it, by putting some weight on it, by putting some resistance on it. You don't grow muscle without resistance. And the same is true of your faith. There are many ways to increase your faith, but I want to share just a couple that have really stretched, strengthened, and built me up. And so firstly, I want you to know, God tests and increases our faith through dreams. Through dreams. What do you mean? I mean God gives you a dream deep in your heart. He gives you a vision in your mind of what he wants to do with your life. And this is a test. Everybody has a dream at some point in their lives. And everybody has a different dream so that everything gets done in this world. Where do you think you got your dream from that it is inside your spirit, that thing that, 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 that you're passionate about? Where do you think it came from? You got it from God. God made you to be you, not to be me. And you're responsible for you, not for me. Now, there's a big difference between God dreams that he has for your life and your dreams. How do you know your dream is from God? Two ways. Number one, it will help somebody. It's either a product, a service, an idea, a thought, a book, whatever. But you make somebody's life brighter, easier, better, whatever. God's not interested in us living a self-centered life. Or secondly, it will be so big that you'll be bound to fail unless God bails you out. You won't be able to do it in your own power if you, if you don't need to depend on God you don't need faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. As I've quoted often, the Bible says, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know what I've planned for you, says the Lord. I have planned good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you a hope and a good future. The rock started because God put a dream in my heart. And to be honest, I thought I would be a missionary somewhere in Africa. And when I married Jan, I told her that. But God shut that door. He shut it. And I was so disappointed. I had even resigned from work and then the door closed. And God does direct us, not just through open doors, but he also directs us through shut doors. And I was then told by the leadership of the Assembly of God at that time, that they believed that we were called to pastor a local church. I remember putting down the phone and turning to Jan and saying, there's no ways I'll ever pastor a church. Long story short, I was offered a church in Mossel Bay, George, or Paul. And I told Jan, I believed in my spirit that we were called to Paul, that I would resign from my secure career and move there. We would move there as a family. We wouldn't know a single person there, and we wouldn't have a steady income. I'd never, ever been a pastor before. It's an Afrikaans-speaking community, and I can't speak the language. What did she think? Well, Jan looked at me, and she said, it's scary, but I believe in our God, 
and I believe in you. So I'm right there beside you. And I've often thought how different history would be if Jan, my wife, had said no. There would be no rock care, no addiction recovery, no shine and strength courses, you know, running in schools and orphanages, no pregnancy crisis center. There would be no babies being looked after. We are looking currently, we're looking after 139 babies at this very moment. Since 2000, we have counseled almost close to 4,000 girls and helped them through their difficult time. There would be no rock youth, no rock church. There would be no Wellington campus. There would be no water wells that are already in six villages in Zambia. And there would be no stand camp reaching thousands of young people every year. There would be no life-giving connections through our life groups, our Zoom life small groups. There would be no online church. None of that would have happened. There would not have been the book, Favor in the Fight, that is now blessing so many that Jan has recently written. I just want to pause here and say, when somebody has a dream, make sure you're not the dream killer, because you may be stopping the will of God. And so I honor Jan today. She has always been a woman of faith, and when she speaks, I listen. I listen to her when she says that God is speaking to her. And a lot of people say, I, I, I don't dream big because it's scary. Of course it's scary. That's why it requires faith. Every single major decision that I've made in the last 24 years as a pastor of this very church, I'm talking about big decisions, has scared me to death. But I decided as a young boy that I was not going to base my life on fear and that I would step into any area where I was afraid. I wasn't going to be held back. And Jan and I also decided a long time ago that we would never, ever allow fear to dominate, manipulate, or intimidate our lives. And that's what courage is. If you're not afraid, you don't need courage. It's not the absence of fear. Courage is when you do what God tells you to do, even though you're afraid. You're scared. And so I resigned from work, put my house up for sale, it sold miraculously for the price that we wanted. And I knew it was a sign that we were on the right road. When we arrived in Paul, I was greeted by God's little helpers, I call them, who told me it would be impossible to build an English-speaking Pentecostal church in this valley. Now, every denomination wants to be in this valley, but it wasn't the case back then. And I remember going into my first shop and speaking English and the person looked at me from behind the counter and they had this vacant look on their face and they said, what? And I said to myself, God, I think you've got the wrong guy. But I had a dream. And so we were still in the building on the boulevard when I was called there one night by the police. Somebody had destroyed the inside of our building. They'd set it alight. They'd placed a gas bottle uh, with a fire around it, and they'd painted satanic symbols on everything. They'd destroyed my computer, threw paint over my books, and it became quite a thing 24 years ago in all the major newspapers. But God turned it around. He always turns it around. And we uh, used the insurance that was paid out to redecorate the entire building, something that we had wanted to do for some time, but we had not had the resources to do it. And soon we were bursting at the seams. 
I remember telling the headmaster of Clane Boys High Primary School that if we could rent his hall, we would buy the school all the chairs they needed and build a woman's toilet to facilitate the church in their school after he told me that they never had the chairs or the toilets to accommodate us. Truth. When I said that, we never had a cent. Not one cent. But we had a dream. And God tests you with a dream. Through that, we launched our very first ever Heart for the House miracle offering. And we raised all the funds that we needed in one day. In one day to buy all the chairs needed for the school. And we built their toilets. They are still there today. And a lot of people say, I'm not going to go after my dream because I don't have a peace about it. I haven't got peace. You are not going to have a peace until you take the step. When we move from the school hall into this auditorium where we are now, the monthly rent was more than we had ever received in tithes and offerings in a month. It was just a huge empty warehouse and we would have to build our own walls, toilets, everything. There was nothing And we thought we would have to provide the finances for all of it before we ever started. But I've learned, God doesn't give you the peace before you make the move. A construction company came in and offered to do all our building and alterations that were needed. And we only had to pay them on the 1st of September after all the work was completed, which we accepted. We moved in and had another heart for the house miracle offering where in one day again we raised all the funds that were needed and there was absolute relief. I promise you, I was so relieved that we could honor our word and on that Monday, following the Sunday, we paid them everything that we owed. It was only after we moved into this building that God moved miraculously and we've never been short on our rent ever since. Not once. I remember when moving in here thinking, how will we ever fill this place? It's so big. And now we are. This is where we're at outside of COVID lockdown. We have three full meetings on a Sunday. We have faced a lot of opposition. But we have a dream. Where God guides, I've learned, God provides. And God is taking care of us. Why? Because of a dream. What is the dream you're afraid to go after? What is the dream you're afraid to start? Our dream has been and always will be in faith to connect people to God, people to people, and people to purpose in a contemporary relevant way. It is our dream that this church will always be a place where the lonely, the hurting, the confused can find love and acceptance, health, hope, forgiveness, encouragement, guidance. Our dream is the dream of sharing Jesus Christ, that we can love, learn, laugh, lead, and live in unity and peace together. It's a dream of equipping every partner for significant ministry in this world by helping them discover their gifts and talents that God has given them so that they can take their next step in their journey with God. We want to be a church that ministers to the total person, emotionally, spiritually, physically, through relevant preaching and authentic worship. And we've seen our dream become a reality. Why? Because it was inspired by God. He has been so faithful. And I'm telling you something, you ain't seen nothing yet. 
the most exciting part of a race for me is not the start, but making it to the finish line. And we're not there yet. We know we're near there. Our future is bright. Yes, I can remember some of the discouraging times, but through this season, we are reaching so many people outside of our circle. I'm hearing from people I've never met before telling me how much our, um, our services, our online services are impacting their lives, how they're enjoying meeting me online. We are having a harvest like we've never had before at any other time in our journey. All of our best days are ahead of us. Just our podcast, not our online service, our podcast have 400 people subscribing a month. Our online services are reaching thousands on the different platforms. So you are joining us just at the right time. And I'm, I'm telling you now, it's going to get really exciting, especially when we eventually come out of lockdown. And so next week is our miracle offering. And we are reaching out, not for building the house or renovations this year, no, but to touch the lives of others and trust God for our own lives. I often quote this verse, if you're part of the church, you've heard it many times. Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams, your wildest dreams. So don't let your dreams be based on what you think you can do. That's going to be a very small dream. Make it based on what you think God can do. So God tests and increases our faith, not just through dreams, but also number two, God tests and increases our faith through delays. No dream is instantly fulfilled. We've been on this journey now for 24 years, and we are nowhere near the end. It hasn't all happened in a day. Sadly, too often people, number one, they set their goals too low or too, they try to accomplish them too quickly. And what I want to challenge you to do during this time when the world is imploding is set bigger goals. Trust God for bigger dreams for your life and then give the rest of your life to it. Make your life count. But no, it may take time. It may take time. Because, you know, I've learned this. When God wants to make a mushroom, it takes six hours. When God wants to make an oak tree, it takes 60 years. Do you want to be a mushroom? Or an oak tree. I don't know how many years you have ahead of you, but I do know the most important thing is that your life is not about the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. In other words, what matters most is not how long you live, but how you live. And if God has brought you here to this place, to the rock, and we are touching lives around the world, that means you have something that he wants to use. Right now, we can serve by just sharing the service with people that are around us that we know need to hear and be um, impacted by the message. But that will change when lockdown ends. You must know that you have talents, you have abilities that God wants to use for, for a purpose that is greater than yourself. So when the opportunity arrives, jump on board. And until then, connect with a Zoom life group. And so I want to encourage you, have a dream for your future. I still have a dream. I have a dream to own our own church building. Yep. Own our building with our own facilities. What a dream. 
And all that's taking place at the moment is that I can see is resistance. Every demon in hell is trying to stop it. And I was becoming very frustrated. And then God just slowed me down how through his word. And he showed me this in Habakkuk 2.3. These things that are planned for you won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. I can give you hundreds of stories of how God used delays over the last 24 years to actually get us to a better place. If your dream hasn't come to pass yet, don't despair or lose heart. Delays are part of the process. The obstacles are part of the journey. And through them, God is building your faith. And his timing is always perfect. He's never, ever late. Ever. He's never early either. Sometimes I'm convinced he's late, but he isn't. Because he knows what he's doing. God is in control. And the Bible says, God acts on the behalf of those who, what, what, wait for him. God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Our building is coming. All the gates of hell cannot stand against it. I've had a dream for a long, long time, but the fulfillment of it will happen in his timing. We must never, ever let what seems impossible to intimidate us or keep us from a dream. Rather, let it motivate you to pray more, to believe more, to trust more, to wait more, to expect more, to depend on God for more. Because when you do that, what God has started in your life, he will finish. Nothing is impossible for him. Satan will come to you. He does. He loves to come and say to you, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Just look at your past. What makes you think that you could be a man or a woman of God? Answer, well, the promises of God. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. That's what the rock is all about. It doesn't matter where you've been, what matters is the direction your feet are facing and the direction that you are headed right now. And so I want to say thank you to every single one of you who have been part of this wonderful journey with us. Without you, there would be no us. And so let's continue this journey together. Let's be a, a church that makes the enemy say, I hate those guys at the rock. All they know to do is just to trust their God. They believe him for the impossible. They go after big goals and do things that other people don't want to attempt. 